The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So what a joy. So far, service is great. I'm feeling very fed and energized by it. I hope you are too. And I can feel you with us. Even though our sanctuary seems empty of people today, I can just feel the presence of all of you watching online. I'm so grateful that you are with us. I don't know about you, but I've kind of noticed that the days are getting a little elusive. I, I find myself kind of thinking, what day is it? And, and, and what time is it? And what am I supposed to do next? And it's just a very interesting way to be. And I realized as I've been working on my talk this week that we're heading into a, a holy week and it's going to be the, the first time in the 60 years of Mile High Church that we will likely experience Easter next week in this fashion, coming to you online. So today is Palm Sunday. Wednesday is the beginning of Passover. And then next Sunday's Easter, Reverend Josh is going to bring us an amazing talk next Sunday. I'm sure of it. And so it's a, a whole new way not only to experience the, the energy of that, what day is it, but also how am I going to embrace and honor the holidays. I, I was reading about uh, people doing Seder, virtual Seders this week as Passover starts. And so I'm encouraging us to consider ways that we can honor these holidays that have meaning to our hearts and to step into them. And so as Reverend Josh mentioned, we've been doing our two-week series, our spring renewal, Come Alive. And last week, we talked about winter turning into spring and about how the seasons of our life and the things that are going on invite us into a, a deeper sense of our truest security, the sense of connectedness that we are and that we have at all times of our life. As the season changes, whether the weather gets different, bad, good, whatever we may call it, how we can anchor ourselves in the truest security we have. After that message, I saw a meme on Facebook that really resonated with me. The author was not listed, but it said, you can calm the storm, so you can't calm the storm, so stop trying. What you can do is calm yourself. The storm will pass. And that's what we were talking about last week is allowing the storm to pass. And this week, as we step into today's message, I want to talk about blooming, the opportunity that we have to bloom in life no matter what. Ernest Holmes, our founder years ago, was asked by a reporter to share briefly what it is that we believe in this teaching. And so Dr. Holmes wrote a whole list of things that has come to be called the what we believe. There's one particular statement in his what we believe that I'd like to share today in support of this exploration of our blooming in life. Dr. Holmes says, we believe the ultimate goal of life to be a complete freedom from all discord of every nature and that this goal is sure to be attained by all. Every time I hear that, it, it, it invites in me this enthusiasm, this sense of possibility, and it also makes me wonder, well, now, when is that going to happen? Because I don't know if you've experienced this, but as a human being, sometimes there's a part of me that looks at my life or the life that we share, and I think, well, that kind of freedom that Holmes is talking about will come when this storm is passed, or will come when this healing that I'm in is complete. 
Or maybe is he talking about it will come when I'm done in this human incarnation and move on to what's next? That this freedom is sure to be attained by all this stepping away from discord of every nature? When might that happen? When might that occur? And I realize that I think he's talking about the ultimate blooming of our essence that is available to us at any time. I think he's speaking about that place within us that we talk about here and that spiritual traditions throughout the ages have invited us to recognize, a place within us that is pure, that is transcendent of the challenges of life that we may perceive, that has never been touched, never been violated, never been harmed, that is the true source and core of our beingness, and that our path in life is all about the blooming of that experience, the living in that sense of freedom, regardless of what might be going on around us. The living in that sense of freedom that is our true spiritual nature. And I think that's part of what we can invite ourselves into as we consider the option of blooming today. I also love seeing pictures of flowers growing, for example, out of cement and growing in conditions that we might say are not necessarily the heightened condition for a flower to bloom and grow. I love flowers in general, but it's particularly inspirational for me to see flowers growing even though it might have been a challenge for that flower to bloom. The same is true of human beings. It's particularly lovely in ministry and in the work that we get to do to watch people bloom and grow in our community through the harshest conditions that we could ever imagine. And many times it it might seem as though it happened pretty fast and sometimes it seems as though it happens very slowly. But it reminds me of the beautiful images that we can see in a video of a flower blooming in slow motion. In fact, one of our great staffers, Bobby Dart, found a a video like this for me that we'd like to play for you right now of some flowers blooming, blooming in slow motion. Every step we get to see in the video. That's kind of how we humans are. We walk through our lives and no matter what is going on, I think that we are constantly blooming, that we are meant to bloom. We are meant to thrive. We are meant to come into this spiritual freedom that Ernest Holmes is talking about and that teachers throughout the ages have talked about. It's Palm Sunday. Jesus, the master teacher, talked to us about the the blooming of our connectedness to the divine. In his ministry in the Gospels, we're constantly reminded of his call to remember the Father within that doeth this work through us. And in his ministry, as he walked, he was constantly supporting people and blooming into greater healing in their life. And on Palm Sunday, it is said in the scriptures 
Now, granted, there's just very little said about Palm Sunday itself. In fact, the scripture that speaks to it the most is in Matthew, in chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. 11 verses given to, to Jesus and his, his immediate circle coming into Jerusalem. And Jesus has this sense that there's a, a, a donkey nearby that he wants to ride in on. And so his followers go and get the donkey. And it's said that they place garments over the donkey and he sits on the donkey and he goes into town and there's this big parade as people are singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. And he walks through this parade of people and they lay palms down for the donkey to walk on and they treat him like a king. And And all the while, all the while, what is going on is that that we know politically Jesus had been wandering the, the hills with his followers, being a little bit elusive and talking to people and helping people bloom in their own world. And he's coming now into Jerusalem for the final week of his life, knowing that his soul is purposely showing up and showing off a bit. He's getting the attention of the officials through this Palm Sunday ritual, through coming into town in a very loud way, whereas most of the time he's been very quiet. It also, depending on the scripture you read, says later that day or the next day was the day he went into the temple and and made a big big kerfuffle about how they were, were being too commercial in the temples and not treating the temple with respect. And he got a lot of attention from that. All of this is because something in him knew that part of his blooming was this journey that he was on for the rest of the week that ultimately would end in what we physically often resist the most, which is his death and his blooming into resurrection, which I know that Reverend Josh will speak to beautifully next week. But I wanted to call our attention to this journey that Jesus was on because he, he, he took it on fully and consciously. He may have had moments of resistance, as we all do with the journey that we're on, that life calls us into blooming. He may have had moments where he did not want to do what was being asked of him. He didn't want to deal with what was in front of him, as we all do. And yet, something deep within him, that connection that he had, that he had fostered, that he had claimed, that true spiritual freedom, I think, allowed him to walk forward through the greatest challenge we could imagine and bloom on behalf of humanity and show us a true experience of spiritual blooming. That's the possibility for me today that that story reminds me of, the opportunity. And I think that the blooming through whatever condition we may be experiencing right now is available to us when we remember who we really are. When we look at plants and at how it is that they bloom, it's through this powerful activity called photosynthesis. This past week, I studied photosynthesis. It's very complicated. It's a very intense process. But ultimately, it is that flowers and plants use the light, the light of our sun, 
to, to take in that light and the, the molecules and the energy of that light. And then there's a beautiful alchemical process that allows them to experience the exact chemistry they need to continue to bloom and to come into their own. And that plants are green and flowers bloom in the light. And I think that humans are the same. That Jesus' journey shows us that the more he stayed in touch with that light within, that divine light, the photosynthesis of the soul carried him forward. And what I'm suggesting we consider today is that each one of us is experiencing that same photosynthesis of our own soul. That we are like a flower. We are like a plant. That we believe here that the light that spirit is, that is shining everywhere, that we've heard of throughout this service and throughout our experience here at Mile High Church, is shining around us, on us, and as us, just like the sun. The sun doesn't choose who it shines on. It doesn't withhold itself from anything or anyone. And nor does the light of this universe that shines on us. And it shines within us. We are made of it. Just like the photosynthesis of the plants allow them to take in the chemistry and the beautiful symbiotic interdependent experience of their blooming supports our blooming. Because the chemistry that they let go of and that they produce is part of how we stay alive. And the chemistry that we produce every time we breathe is part of what allows them to thrive. And so just as we are connected to all of life, we We are blooming the more we recognize this and the more we claim this. And I would say the more we own this for ourselves. The more we allow ourselves to step into owning that light and being and in experiencing the photosynthesis of our own soul, the more we bloom. And it's hard to see it, just as it is if we sat and watched a flower bloom. It wouldn't be as evident as it is on that time-lapse video. But it's going on nonetheless. The blooming is happening even in those moments when I look at that flower or plant and I can't quite see it. And it's, same, it's the same thing with every human being. We are all blooming even when it looks like we're not. We are all blooming even when other people might think we're not. We are all blooming in that deep place within us no matter what challenges we are facing. And we can allow ourselves through our connectedness with that inner light to feel and to sense it, to sense that strength within us, to sense that centeredness within us. And I think there are a couple of things that we can keep in mind that can support us in this understanding a little bit. It helps to stop and notice our blooming As Reverend Josh was just saying in his power talk, he was talking about about giving ourselves credit, about noticing the oneness within us, and about then noticing who we are and the truth of who we are and allowing ourselves to move forward, even if it's to take a little step forward. Recently, I watched uh, one of my favorite movies, which is What About Bob?, 
And Bill Murray plays this patient who's seeing this psychiatrist and is very frustrated and very paranoid and full of anxiety and scared of everything. And the psychiatrist has written a book called Baby Steps, and he presents it to Bob. And and so Bob looks at it, and he understands suddenly that it's baby steps. And there's this hilarious scene where he's afraid to leave the office, and, and so Bill Murray's character, Bob, gets up and says, baby steps to the elevator. And then the camera follows him as he he gets to the elevator, this place he's been afraid to get on all of his life. He's anxious about the doors closing. And he says, he says to himself, baby steps into the elevator. Baby steps as the door closes. Baby steps as the elevator moves down. It's, it's just a hilarious take on how to manage ourselves in the minutia. And yet, for some of us, When life gets tough, when we feel anxious or challenged or concerned, it literally is baby step, baby step today, baby step to get some good food, baby step to rest, baby step to call someone and get connected, baby step to talk to somebody about how afraid I'm feeling, baby step to call and celebrate today what's going on in someone's life. And in those little incremental steps of life, we see the blooming happening. The blooming of a connected soul. The blooming of a being moving along in the trajectory of their life with that spiritual freedom that Holmes tells us about intact. With that centeredness of them intact, being present to what's so and moving forward. So noticing it makes a huge difference. And understanding that when we notice it and we call ourselves forth to be that centered aspect of ourselves, that we're benefiting all others. Sometimes I feel like our teaching gets a bad rap for being self-centered. Our our work that we might do to take care of ourselves, radical self-care, or to, to just take a baby step to help ourselves forward, we may feel selfish in the things we want to do to help ourselves be centered. But I believe that every time we do this, we do this for the good of ourselves and we do this for the good of each other. And every time we do something for the good of of everyone, it helps us to stay centered in that truth of who we really are, that it's this beautiful relationship. Years ago, I attended a, a conference where there was a speaker named Elizabeth Saturus. And she talked about something that I had not heard up until then. It's called enlightened self-interest. In the world of uh, philosophy and ethics, enlightened self-interest is talked about a lot. She was talking about it, interestingly enough, in the life of bacteria and how it is that bacteria grow and spread because she suggested they have enlightened self-interest, that bacteria somehow want everyone to thrive, every part of the bacteria family to thrive, and that in learning this, we've learned to deal with bacteria. But in the realm of ethics and philosophy, there's this understanding that, that if I do things that benefit the good of all, that I'm also benefiting myself. 
And that if I do things that help to benefit me in a very generous way, that I also benefit the all. And we hear a lot of this right now with regards to the coronavirus. Encouragement, for example, to, to stay at home and to not spread the germs or be someone who's out and about. The encouragement to consider wearing masks if we're out in public. And the encouragement to, to stay home and take care of ourselves if we are at all ill. These are all, when we do these things, we're practicing enlightened self-interest because we're taking care of ourselves and we're also being willing to help and be part of caretaking for all the beings that we might encounter, the ones we know personally and the ones we might not know. So every time we step into these activities of this kind of support, we are tending to that greater truth of who we really are, the power of who we really are. There's a beautiful slide that I found on a a Facebook page from someone named Susan Cunningham, and I asked her to share it. Because in conclusion, I think it really calls us to consider how it is that we can bloom. I would suggest to us that every step of our journey invites us to bloom, even if it's a misstep or appears to be a misstep. That Ernest Holmes' statement that I shared at the beginning is such that we can't help but bloom. Our souls are here to bloom. We will bloom. Every life blooms spiritually. Every life. But we can, as I've been talking about here at the end, take more conscious steps to support ourselves in blooming. So this slide is a slide that says, who do I want to be during the COVID-19? And she talks about these zones that I would say are just like that time-lapse picture of the flower. The fear zone, in the fear zone, we may be tempted to want to hoard and hang on to things. We may be tempted to complain. We may transmit our anger and our fear and of emotions over to each to other people rather than do as we heard uh, Mark Nepo talk about, which is be with our fear, maybe talk to someone about it and help ourselves get through it. And we may forward all messages of fear to others on social media. That she would define as the fear zone. In the learning zone, we step into stop compulsively consuming things that harm me, uh, to letting go of things that are out of control, identifying my emotions and being present to them, make myself aware of the situation and think about the best way to act, verify information before I share it with others and acknowledge that everyone is trying their best. And the last zone is the growth zone where we find a purpose, think of how we can help, where we use skills to serve others, where we show empathy, where we live in the present and focus on in the future, keep ourselves emotionally happy and transmit hope, show gratefulness, find ways to adapt to changes, practice calmness, patience, relationships, and creativity. We're going to be posting this in the chat right now if you're watching online and we'll put it on our Facebook page if you'd like to see a copy to support you this week. But I suggest that through all of these zones, there is growth that is happening. The only question becomes, will we consciously choose it? Today's an invitation to consciously choose to bloom, to consciously choose to step in and to recognize that even in those moments where we find ourselves in the fear zone, Take a deep breath and just be there and invite ourselves forward and know that nothing, no one can keep us from the blooming truth 
of who we are and that freedom that Ernest Holmes talks about. Please join me as we pray together. So we breathe in this very breath of life and recognize that just like that that beautiful video of a flower blooming, we can look back upon our life and we can see key moments, key times. We can see the pictures and the photographs of ourselves, even as we came into this life as a newborn baby and suddenly find ourselves at whatever age we are. And we can see the time stamps as we look back at the images of ourselves as we've grown and evolved physically. We can remember the times we were in. And as we look back and see those times, we can see that all the while, through the timeline of our life, blooming has been going on. Through all the while, the soul's journey, the wisdom, the connectedness continues. And we can see the places where we may have lost sight of it, where we may not be as connected as we would prefer to be. We can awaken to those and we can consciously tune ourselves into that continued growth. And so I know that this is part of the experience that we can have of being spirit, source, life, and light. This is who each one of us is at all times. And what I know is just just as the sun shines brightly upon the plant life on our planet, the life that God is, is shining brightly in through and as each one of us right here and right now. And in every moment, this moment we find ourselves in, the photosynthesis of the divine is seeking to invite us into greater and greater blooming. And we receive this invitation and opportunity powerfully and magnificently, and we step forward in it. And we feel the confidence and the light and the truth of the divine nature within us as we step forward, even in this. And this, we can fill in the blank for our own life. Even in this, I choose to bloom. Even in this, I choose to thrive. Even in this, I come alive to greater and greater living. I claim and accept in this prayerful moment that this is the truth of each one of us right now, of every person within the sound of my voice in this moment. I claim that the coming alive of the divine nature of each one of us, that freedom to be who we are, to be transcendent in that experience of conditions is ours right now. I claim it, I accept it, and I affirm it. And I give thanks that this is our true nature. I give joyous thanks that this truth is having its way to us, through us, and as us this day and every day. And in love and light, I release this prayer now into the action of that universal law, letting it go, letting it be. It is done. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.